Amen and praise God. So um, <clears throat> I thought I'd talk a little bit about watching the fact that we watch the watchers. Amen. We watch the watchers. Um, it sounds like spy games or something like that. I guess in a way it is, but there are, are, are entities assigned to different places of authority in the earth, and they watch over uh, their work uh, with a, a very uh, a watchful eye. There are assignments made as far as the work on the earth is concerned. Now, there are two kingdoms in operation here, and so we're going to talk about the watchers that are from the world, um, the, the uh, kingdom of darkness, uh, even though there are nice people in the world and they do nice things sometimes, it's all set up by the devil. And so God has to come and, and have a, a force of people who he can trust to observe what those who watch over their dominion are doing so that God can come in and do what he intends to do on the earth. You know that the plan of God is always interrupted by the devil's plans. He's always stepping in there to try and disrupt what God's doing. He wants to cancel uh, the good that God wants to do on the earth. And so the enemy sets up his watch, and he has watchers in the kingdom of darkness, but God has his watchers, so we watch the watchers. Amen? And so when we understand what our job is, we understand. You know, sometimes people don't understand why certain things bother them, you know, and and. It, you know, like if you look at some things that go on in, in the schools, you know, people, uh, I, I kind of, you know, cringe sometimes when I see how um, casual people are about some things that are just really demonic and really ugly. And sometimes you can get um, kind of hardened or, or not or passive about things but initially things will bother you as a christian they'll bother you by your spirit and the holy ghost will will uh you know get get grieved on the inside of you when you see certain things for instance there's there's some video i keep seeing of this transvestite reading stories to kids in school you know in like you know, your kids should have been out of that school a year ago if that's where they're at right now. You understand what I'm saying? And so if, if you're a watcher, you watch these things and you do something about them. You report to your, your, the Lord of hosts and you tell him that uh, this isn't right, this isn't God, this isn't, you know, your plan. And so I'm watching the watchers who are watching over children trying to pervert them and pollute their minds. And so as we watch the watchers, we get our instruction from God and how to do these things. And I think we need to take this a little more seriously, a little more to heart as believers, because um, it, it's, so, it's so critical now, it's so crucial now that people stay on the watch that God has given them and, and really stay faithful to uh, take authority over these things and take them down. Uh, some of it's getting, you know, we go through seasons. Sometimes it seems like, you know, the prayer is tough and, and it's grinding, and, and but you stay in there and then you start to see some results and then you get a little relaxed because you're seeing results. And so you have to stay on your watch. You have to keep watching the watchers. 
who are looking for opportunities to do their harm to people and to put their ideas in their heads, to uh, uh, pollute their minds, to intimidate them into coming over to their way of thinking and their way of doing things uh, to destroy humanity. And so we're looking, we, we are people who promote life. We believe in life and we want life to continue the way God wants it to continue. So uh, and, uh, that call to watching watchers is on all believers. It's not just on watchmen because some people don't know what they're called to do, but they know when God tells them to do something. And so when God tells you to pray and God points things out to you, like sometimes there's some things that bug you so much you just have to do something about it. And, and that's a call to watching. You got me? Because you've observed this and God's trying to show you that it's not cool with him. It's not his will. But he also will show you to do something about it. And that's the other aspect of watching is get the empowerment that God wants us to have so that we can be effective. He doesn't show us things for nothing. God's not a gossip and he's not a sensationalist. He will have you observe the way he observes and he will put his power upon you and he will hold you to completing the task that he wants you to do. And I think that's another thing about the church. You know, sometimes Christians feel like it's an option for them to pray or it's an option for them to unless it's a, it's something they want. You understand what I'm saying? And many times we don't take prayer up as a ministry before God and understand that it's not just for you and your little household and your bills and your this and your that. But there are other people who can't pay their bills that maybe they don't know God. And maybe God needs somebody to get to know him so that we can do something to help and benefit everybody. Because God always has in mind a kingdom result when he has. If you have a personal problem, God will help your problem, but he wants a kingdom result out of it. In other words, he's got to get something back out of the deal. You understand what I'm saying? He's not just taking care of you by yourself. That's not love. If you're a person that walks in the love of God, you can you can desire and you will desire to do much more for others because you'll know God takes care of you. You don't have to sweat that. Well, God, not at all my needs are met. What can I do for you is what he's looking for people to say. Amen. So it's more like here am I, send me, and I'm ready and I'm willing and, and, and equip me with what you want me to do. So in Matthew 26, verse 41 Jesus gave an admonishment here to his disciples. <clears throat> he was he was praying in the garden before he was crucified. And so Peter and and uh, he took Peter and the says the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. This was the burden for the sins of the world coming upon him, coming upon his soul. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He wasn't sorrowful for himself. He was sorrowful for the world. Amen. Because of those, the, the condition of the world. And sometimes when you are burdened to pray, you'll feel that way. You'll feel a sorrow until you can get to the place of releasing that in a prayer to God so that um, it, it doesn't burden you so much. He says, I'm sorrowful even unto death. Death, Wait here and watch with me. He went a little farther, fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, 
If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, he already told them to wait here and watch with me. And what did they do? They went to sleep. Yes, absolutely. Amen. They didn't feel the burden he felt. They didn't feel, but they will feel it after he is raised from the dead. Amen. Because they were just, you know, normal men who were living off Jesus pretty much. And so they went to sleep because they knew he would always take care of things. And so he said, and he came to them and found them asleep and said to Peter, what, couldn't you just watch one hour with me? And the answer is no. When the Holy Spirit comes, though, you can do a whole lot more. And so it is possible to watch and tarry at least an hour with God. It's possible to watch and tarry much longer with God if it, if it takes that. In the realm, when you uh, operate in the spirit, time loses its effect, its negative effect on you. If you're totally given over to the spirit, you're, you're oblivious to time. In fact, you're in a realm where there is no time. And so you'll be able to watch and pray for an hour. So don't look at this and say, oh, this is why I can't never pray lo- longer than 10 minutes. Or this is why I go to sleep when I read my Bible for five minutes. That's not so. You can shake that thing. Most of you know when we were baby Christians, we started out like that. You know, if you had a hard time sleeping, oh, I know, put the word on and I'll be gone in, in you know, 60 seconds or less. And so we learned that we didn't give in to that, that your spirit man, if you pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit, your spirit man will build up to the place where you wake up and you can keep it going. So he says, watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation. He said, your spirit is definitely willing, but your flesh is weak. So this is what we have to do. We have to watch over our own physical beings And we have to pray for the things that we find that are weaknesses in us because we find that your spirit wants to do. You ever get excited about the things of God and you want to run around and tell everybody? And then when you come down from that, you're your old self again. And it's hard to get you moving like you were just a few hours ago or something. And so we have to keep watching, number one, over our own souls. But number two, we are called to watch over the kingdom of God and watch over the property of God, watch over the things that God has entrusted to us by his power. And so if we will watch as well as pray and keep a watch, uh, that word watch really means to remain alert. Amen. Don't ever get doped up with the world's poison to the fact to the point that you are not alert to what god is wanting you to do you you've got to stay in the realm of the spirit so that god can make you aware of things now there are some people that think they're in the spirit but they're in a spirit of suspicion or a spirit of confusion or and they see a devil on every corner and they see trouble on every hand and they want to talk about this and talk about that He's not talking about that kind of stuff. He's talking about walking closely with him so that he can reveal the things to you that that he needs you to take care of. Sometimes, you know, you'll get you'll get your assignment from God 
uh, it, through things that kind of puzzle you. You ever have things that you that just bug you, and you say, "God, there's got to be an answer for this." You know, there's there's got to be a way for us to attack this so that we get victory over it. Watchers always are looking at victory. They are never looking at trouble, doom and gloom. It won't get better. You don't watch with that kind of attitude. God's not showing you anything. And so when you come into the place of the spirit of a watcher, a watcher for God, you come into that place where you're alert to what God will tell you, you accept what he's telling you, and you look for answers. You see, God, there's got to be an answer to this. You know, there's nothing impossible with you. So let me know what we need to do in order to get victory over this. Let me know what I need to pray. Let me know what I need to say. Let me know what I need to do. When we developed the prayer manual, it was birthed out of that type of inquiry. You know, it was like, God, I mean, come on now. There's, some, there's more to it than this. You know, just begging, begging, begging you to change this and change that and change the other. And he began to show me how he wanted us to attack these things that were attacking us. So then we became watchers over the watchers. And you become a person that sits in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And from that vantage point, you look down at the second heaven and what the prince, princes over that dominion and over that realm are doing. So your vantage point is from a high point looking down, not from a low point looking up. And not going eyeball to eyeball. You never fight eyeball to eyeball with the devil. You got me? You fight from a, a place of authority where he is under your feet. You know he's under your feet. And you know that there is no power that can overthrow the king of kings and the lord of lords and that's who you work for and so when he opens your eyes to watch and to see he will help you to process what you are seeing and at the appointed time he tells you what what to discharge against it and how to put it under your feet for real until his enemies are made his footstool we are to occupy until he comes and so when we start occupying for the Lord, then we're able to do all of the things that we need to to do. So we are watching different different um, levels of spiritual authority on the earth. In Ephesians chapter six, I know that one's familiar to you all. And we've we've taught before on this many times and defined all these different levels of spiritual authority. Uh, Ephesians 6, I think in verse 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So your neighbor's not your enemy. Uh, a person is not your enemy. Um, don't be so critical of people. Don't be f quick to condemn people. Uh, because that's not our fight. Now that's somebody else's fight maybe, but that's not mine. So I don't get down on people and, and you know, they're this and they're that and you know they're you know they can't be redeemed and you know all this kind of stuff it's just nonsense because that's not the level that we fight on if you're seated in heavenly places with christ jesus your weapons are much more powerful they're spiritual amen 
You remember when Peter uh, asked the Lord, he said, should we call fire down from heaven? And he said, you don't know what kind of spirit you're, you are, man. Shut up, you know, because, you know, if, if the anointing gets on them words, fire starts to show up. You got me? And so you, you have to learn how to brace yourself in the Lord, release what he wants you to release, withhold what he wants you to withhold. But there are several levels of spiritual authority. There are principalities, and that is the beginning of this. That is the highest ruler of darkness, a principality is. So in, in principalities, that, that flows down to the natural realm. Uh, oftentimes, cities are principalities. Regions are principalities. They are ruled by one evil prince, and he has other lesser princes underneath him. Powers, those are our our administrative forces of darkness. So if the devil says, well, I give you a power over pornography, then that's your power. So he has a pornographic demon that's in charge of that. Amen. So and and that power begins to work uh, in in human flesh to mess up the minds of people so that they think in a perverted way about things that are are natural and normal before god you know uh sex is normal folks it's not like you understand what i'm saying Uh, god created men and women for that function for many many reasons primarily so that the humanity can continue you know it's a holy thing but uh, a spirit of pornography will portray it in such a way and put a spirit on it that it captivates a human soul. It puts images in a person's soul. And then that, that, that thing starts to encouple it with a spirit of lust that tends to lust for more of that image because of a feeling that it gives them. Come on now, let's just... So these powers work in people to keep them in darkness, keep them happy in their darkness. You got me? And so these are the devil's toys that he gives humanity to work with. Rulers of darkness. Now that means that that it's an evil ruler. Number one, it's a satanic ruler. But he rules in all types of darkness. So any type of darkness. Say, for instance, if there is a a political devil that rules over a city, uh, over a sin city. So say a place like Las Vegas where prostitution uh, is, is legal in some areas of it, Nevada, where it's legal in some areas, those rulers of darkness tend to have several, several areas of, of um, I guess you can call it satanic pleasure for people so that you'll find certain things are consistently evident with certain other things for instance gambling because it's illegal in many other states if a state decides they want to make it legal in their state then you have a political ruler who is now administrating over things that are darkness and so he has to make rule over money and mammon he has to have control over uh, liquor and drunkenness and drugs and all of the other stuff, the prostitution, all the stuff that goes gambling, all the stuff that goes with it. So when we pray that the gambling casino shut down, we mean take your hoes, take your drugs, take all that junk with you. 
Amen. So you hit the strong man over that area. You tell him to pack your stuff and get it out of here. We don't want none of it. So if you can watch and see where, where does this start? Oh, it starts with the gambling. Well, people say, well, that's not, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's not so bad. Yeah, but look at all the other little brothers he brings with him that destroy lives. You see, no good end comes from it. You see people down there, they take their paycheck. They have some, some woman left her baby in the car in Cleveland. You know, he, a, a toddler sitting up there in the car in the parking lot by himself, and she in there gambling. Don't tell me that ain't the devil. That's her baby. When he was born, she probably loved him, couldn't put him down. Now she's sitting him in the bed. Come on now, folks. So you have to get, you have to watch this kind of stuff. Don't ever get passive on anything that's of darkness. I don't care what it is. You stand against it. No, we don't like it. Well, there's nothing wrong with that's what you think. You don't see the whole of it. You see the fun side or if you call it fun, but I'm looking at the, the total dark side of what it is. Well, we live in a country, you got a right to this. No, you don't. No, you don't. If it steals, kills, and destroys, you don't got a right to it. And I'm here to tell you, you don't. Don't be stupid. You know, you don't have to take up for the devil. You know, he's a loser. <laughs> And people say, well, I want to play devil's advocate for a minute. I said, you're going to be a lawyer for somebody who's already condemned? Well, that's stupid. Your, your client's already condemned. What are you going to argue for him for? He's already had a decree levied against him. Anywho. So rulers of darkness, they have a, a wide range of variety, and they know how to put the combo together to be tantalizing to human flesh. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That includes spirits of strife, violence, arguing, amen, um, disease, um, you know, uh, epidemics and, and things like that, uh, cold and flu season, that's spiritual wickedness, amen, because they can spread it out on, on anybody they want to spread it. It's just like a fallout thing. It just hits everybody. And so they will, they will rule in these things. And so God has us keep a watch on those things. You know, you, you see strife breaking out in, in places and, and all of this, you know, bind that nonsense up and, and you tell the devil, no, you, you can't do this. You know, all these people running around, now is the season of protesting everything. Nothing ever gets done. They're just out in the streets acting stupid. I know they have a right to it, but it's stupid sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? Because nothing good comes. If you're gonna, if you're gonna march them, see, I grew up in the 60s. I shouldn't tell y'all that, but you snooping all the time anyway, trying to find out my age. But anyway, and and there's there was only one Martin Luther King called by God. See, when God calls her, and then all these other imitators now showing up, the years after he died, everybody wants to imitate him, but nobody has the call of God on them. Now, he did not promote violence. His was passive resistance, and he made a point. He did it to dramatize a point. He knew what he was after. When he got what he was after, all that stopped. You got me? 
he sat down and, and was able to, to work out some things for the civil rights acts that were passed back then. And th- then he was done. He didn't try to stay on the scene marching and trying to make a name for him still out there marching. You understand what I'm saying? And so this thing is, is the devil likes to imitate stuff. The watchers who watch the successful demonstrations start promoting their own little things just so they can keep up some trouble, keep up some attention, keep up some nonsense. You don't get out on the street. You know, I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm just not called to do it. I have nothing against Christians who feel that they're called to carry a sign of protest or something like that. But, you know, knowing how the devil operates, I'd be the first one to get busted in the head or get arrested. arrested. They lose my paperwork. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, no. If, if I don't have peace about going doing something, I'm not going to do it. I can do a whole lot more in my prayer room, praying in the Holy Ghost and declaring things and prophetic statements that I can make to make things happen differently. Mm-mm. That's somebody else's ministry. It's just not mine. Amen. I'll go out there and stop traffic and pray with somebody, but I'm not going to do all of that kind of nonsense stuff, you know. So anyway, our God is much too powerful to have us. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's not my call. That's not my job. So <clears throat> anyway, we the, so in, in uh, we did that in Ephesians. In Colossians 1, there's some other levels of spiritual authority as well. Praise God. Colossians 1 and verse 16. He said, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and in the earth, visible and invisible. So God created all of them, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created. So here we have two more thrones and dominions. Thrones actually represent seats of authority in the second heaven, and then they reflect down on earth. So these is like a puppet master thing. The second heaven is where the, the, the evil spirit resides, and he is over a region or over a city, maybe over a country, where he rules and he influences them for the things that he wants them to carry out for him. And it's always something that starts out like, you know, oh, this is so much fun. This is so wonderful. And, you know, and pretty soon it turns ugly and it turns nasty because the devil can't wait to ensnare people and get them in a trap so that he can get them in a place where he can can do what he wants to do for them, uh, with them. Uh, Take, for instance, uh, the area in California. California was always an innovative area that state because it was one of the last areas settled and people ran out to California looking for their fortune and looking for and it's always attracted people who were willing to take a risk and be innovative and be different and and it, it by the same token though it was a little bit lawless and so now we've got the lawless competing with the innovation, and the lawless is now winning out. This is what the devil had in mind all the time. 
let me get a bunch of people out here, tell everybody to come because you can make your fortune out here. And then when they get out here, I'll start messing them up with drugs and I'll mess them up with homelessness, homosexuality, all this kind of stuff so that he can keep people bound. And so when you pray in areas like that, you have to make sure that you separate out the evil from the things that are good. Yeah, Lord, we want this to be a place of innovation. We want people to be attracted because they have the freedom to make discoveries and and do things. Some of the things that they've innovated there are tremendously helpful to our our, uh, society. Uh, Silicon Valley is what they call it, where they have all the tech people and all the computers and the cell phones and the communications and all that kind of stuff. It's a magnet for people like that. By the same token, the devil's got something out there to take their money from them as quick as they get out there, uh, other things that he can lure into the situation. And so those, those thrones that are up in the second heaven actually have a reflection down here on earth. Like in some, on some thrones up in the second heaven, there are effeminate, masculine, effeminate, sexually confused demons that will rule and they tend to lure others that are just like them into the cities. That's why you see certain cities, just people like that gravitate there. And, and um, I remember Chuck saying a long time ago when she worked in the airlines, she was saying, she said, yes, yeah, some of those young guys, you know, the, the uh, homosexual flight attendants, they go out to San Francisco and then you see them flying back home five or ten years later with AIDS. You understand what I'm saying? And so this is this is the trap of the enemy. See, this is the trap of the enemy. And so it's it's unfortunate that people get caught up in that. And so we as watchers who watch the watchers who are luring people to their death, to their demise, then we have to get our orders from God as to how to eradicate this stuff. You got me? And you eradicate it through watching prayer. Amen. Just like Peter couldn't do an hour, you can do one. In fact, most times you don't have to do that much. You don't have to. But if it calls for it, you have the, the uh, flexibility in the spirit. You have the endurance in the spirit to be able to pray for however long. Because God catches you up and he prays through you. So it's not, not, it's not really a matter of time all the time. It's just a matter of staying with your purpose and staying with what God wants you to do. So... Um, so we covered those. The uh, thrones was one, and dominions is the other. Dominion just means there's a power that has the authority to rule over certain things. Like a dominion might be a dominion over gambling, over mammon, over lust, over uh, enticement, perversion, all of those things. So you'll have spirits that have their dominion over certain areas, and the devil has it neatly divided up. But there is a sameness about it sometimes that when you see one, you can pretty much size up what the whole show is about. You got me? And so they tend to be consistent in their assignment. They tend to kind of do things the same way. Uh, Many times you'll say, well, how does the devil do that to people? I mean, people know better. He just keeps hammering away at it. He doesn't stop. See, whereas human flesh will quit because we get tired real easy. And we get sick of doing stuff real easy. But the enemy, he never, 
he 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 loves his assignment i'll put it to you that way the devil loves his assignment because the bible says if you cast him out they go into dry places and they try to get right back in so they love their assignment should we love ours so much yeah we should amen we should be beating the door to get in to do something for god because it's easy when god is involved it's easy when you're assigned it's easy when you're equipped and you're anointed it's easy and god will make it so so um the word watcher we said it means to keep watch to remain alert it means to be attentive it means to await and keep your eye on something so you don't quit you know you start praying for something and then you oh well you know we used to pray for that all the time i know what happened you stopped is what happened so you're to keep your eye on something it means also to be expectant so you expect to see answers it means to be a guardian over something it means to spy something out get all the details you can about it It also means to behold, to wait. So watchmen are patient people. It also means to peer into the distance. So that means you're prophetic people as well. You can see a long way off the trouble that's coming. And you, your job is to head that off and not let it happen. You can look at a seed of something and say, now, if this goes on, we're going to have this, 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 and this. You got me? And so you begin to pray prayers that will keep this stuff away from humanity and allow God to manifest and help people. God is the helper. Amen. And we work for him. In Daniel chapter 4, we see our... um, our help, our help from the kingdom of God's side. Daniel chapter 4. And these beings either serve us, assist us, or initiate orders to us. Man, Daniel's, Daniel 4. This is a dream of Nebuchadnezzar. King of Babylon had, and you know Daniel was one of the trusted Hebrew. Uh, um, he was really he was lumped in with the um, fortune tellers and the soothsayers and the wise men and astrologers. But Daniel was known to have a pure gift, and it came from God. And everything that he he gave was of God, and it was it was always right on, you know, and very helpful to the king. And so the king has this dream, and he says here, I'll start in verse 1. It's not that long. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God has wrought toward me. So he is, this is him telling a story of what happened to him in the past. So he's giving like a a reflection on how this all happened to him what it was about and and how it ended up 
He said, how great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. So he's talking about our God. Amen. It's the only one he could be talking about. I, Nebuchadnezzar, what is at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I made a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, soothsayers, I mean, everybody in the pot. And I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. Now, when God gives a dream, he doesn't use the devil's people to interpret it. Now, if you get a dream and you don't know the interpretation, you're puzzled, you know, ask God if that was him, number one. God, is this you? Amen. If so, give me the interpretation. There's no reason why you can't interpret your own dream. I know somebody who's in ministry, been ministry many years, and they'll say, I had a dream and I got to find an interpreter. And I go, huh? If God's talking to you like that, he's not the author of confusion. Why would he send you going here, there, and everywhere looking for it? And then he talks to us, hello, through his word. We're New Testament people. In the latter days, he speaks to us through his word, not puzzles. They all came in and couldn't make the interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. There's only one of those, but, you know, what did he know? And before him, I told a dream, saying, Belteshazzar, master of magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you. No secret troubles you. When you're an interpreter for God, no secret troubles you. You're not walking around, wringing your hands, wondering if it's him and what is going on. No, 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 no. You have peace all the time when God's speaking to you. He says, and, and tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. Thus were the visions of my of my head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height of it was great. And the tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of the earth. The leaves were fair, fruit was much, and in it was meat for all. The beasts of the field had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the burrows and the boughs thereof, and all the flesh was fed of it. I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, now behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said, cut down this tree, cut off its branches, shake off its leaves, scatter its fruit, let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from its branches. Nevertheless, leave a stump of the roots in the earth. Even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with dew of heaven. Let its portion be with the beasts of the grass of the earth. So this stump is a person. It happens to be Nebuchadnezzar. And so his, he is, there is, there, he is going to come under a judgment from God for seven years. He is going to live out in the wilderness 
and his, his hair will grow all over his body. He would have claws like an animal. And so this was his judgment because he was great and he knew it. And so in his pride, he made a statement. And, and sure enough, he was banished from among men and he lived out there in the wilderness for seven years. And Daniel was able to let him know the dream. But this watcher, this holy one, came down with a judgment from the throne of heaven over Nebuchadnezzar, who was king of Babylon, and his kingdom went far and wide. And so when God uh, uh, sees that a person doesn't recognize him, even though they are a heathen person, he will come down and, and terminate their rule and their reign, even though he put them in the position that they're in. So this watcher got orders from the throne of heaven and came down and began to enforce that decree down here on earth. It's the same thing when you and I pray. We pray and watchers from heaven help us in carrying out these written judgments against the devil and his minions down here on earth. So just as we are watchers from the heavenly seat of authority, we have assistance from messengers, watchers, angels that actually come down and will enforce and make known the decree of God and reinforce our prayers. Our prayers have to be carried out by uh, spiritual forces that are greater than we are that are under the dominion of God and they respond to what God tells them. But our prayers have to be made in order for that decision to be made in heaven for God to release them to help us carry these things out down on earth. So when Daniel would pray three times a day, he was actually the watcher on earth watching King Nebuchadnezzar because it was time for him. To stop his foolishness. And so Nebuchadnezzar, even though he was given great power and great authority by God, got lifted up in pride. And he began to talk and say to himself in his palace, how great I am, how great these things are. And immediately that judgment was carried out on him. God had warned him in advance. He got the, the dream. Amen. So he says, uh, he says, um, in verse 15, leave the stump of the roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's. Let a beast's heart be given to him. Let seven times pass over him. That's seven years. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the most high God rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will and sets up in, in, in the basis of, uh, sets up over the basis of men. This dream I key Nebuchadnezzar have seen now though El Belteshazzar declare the interpretation for as much as all the wise men in my kingdom are not able to do it and I know the spirit of the holy gods is in you. So Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour. The, you'll see that in the book of Revelation, too, where the angels are dispatched from the throne of God to carry out judgment on the earth. 
And so here Daniel has heard he's getting the interpretation from God and he knows what's going to happen. But he's reluctant to say it. Why? Nobody wants to give anybody bad news. And he doesn't know what's going to happen to anything. And so he's stunned for a bit. His thoughts troubled him. The king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation trouble you. In other words, let me have it straight. He said, my Lord, the dream uh, be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew was strong, etc., etc., and the sight thereof, uh, thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit was much, and so forth and so. It's you, O king. And you are grown and become strong, for your greatness is grown and reached unto heaven, and your dominion to the end of the earth. Whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven, saying, Tear, Cut down this tree and destroy it etc this is the interpretation verse 24 O king and this is the decree of the most high which has come from my upon my lord the king that they will drive you from men in other words your enemies are going to drive you out of here and your dwelling will be with the beast of the field they will make you to eat grass like an ox and you will be wet with the dew of heaven until seven times pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he will. And so this is a judgment, but it's with mercy. So he's telling Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to come to a place where you understand who you are and who God is. You'll know that God puts you where you are and God expects something out of you. And it's not you and your might and your power that got you that, but this is the hand of God. And see, this comes upon everybody that God blesses and they get lifted up in pride. You get busted right back down again. And we see it over and over again. And sometimes you see it with yourself. You start saying, wait a minute, something's slipping here. My money is getting tight. See, you're smart enough to cut it off before it goes too far. There are some people who are so lifted up in themselves that they think they're, they're great. They think they're wonderful. They think nothing can touch them. Bam. Now, he'll do it to his own kids before he'll do it to a heathen. Are you kidding me? Don't you correct your kids that are in your house? You don't, you should. Huh? For sure, because you don't want them to come to ruin. You want them to amount to something. Amen. He says, therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you and break off your sins by righteousness. Mm, getting a chance. He's giving him a chance to repent. He says, you know, cut off your iniquity, show mercy to the poor. Uh, you know, you ever get real nice when you need something from God? I know I do. I say, oh, God, what can I do for you? I'm in a hard way. If I don't get you to move for me, we all supposed to get a little nicer when we're in trouble. Come on now. It's called repentance as, most, as much as we can do, some of us. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon and he spoke and he says, this great Babylon, I built this for the house of my kingdom with my might and my power. Boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden, while the word was in his mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. Your kingdom is departed from you. So they drove him away from there. 
And it says here, verse 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. Mercy. And I bless, I bet you did. I I bet you blessed the most high. I bet you gave my offering. I bet you was nice to his peeps and everybody else. And I praised and honored him that lives forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. So he met somebody bigger than he was. And that's all God really wants to do. But all of this was initiated by watchers in heaven. That's what I want you to get the connection between us, between the second heaven where the evil watchers are, and they send their orders down here to earth to their minions to carry out what they do. And we who live on earth and are watchers, we watch them. We watch the devil and what he's doing. And then we go to the throne room of God where we we deal with God in front of the heavenly watchers. And at the appointed time, he dispatches them down to earth to carry out his orders. So it really is kind of a spy game. I'm watching you. You're watching me. You're watching me. We're watching each other. We're watching, watching, watching. But you're in the presence of God on your watch. You're hearing from heaven the things that God has planned for the earth. You have a Bible in front of you that you know his word and you know what he will do in these situations. Amen. So the watcher and the holy one. There are watchers and evil ones, but there are watchers and holy ones. And those are the ones that work with us. They minister to us. They help us. They fight for us. They fight on our behalf, but they also have timing in them of judgment. They have timing of mercy, and they have timing of judgment. So a year went by, and Nebuchadnezzar did not repent as Daniel told him to do. And the word of the watcher, the holy one from heaven, was carried out because he didn't turn around. God always would rather we repent. He he loves obedience more than sacrifice. Amen. Even though that man had to stay out there and, well, like an animal for seven years, I bet he woke up. He, he got it. He got the message. And so that's the important stuff is how you end up. Amen. So there was a, an official decree made in heaven. Amen. A decree is an order issued by a legal authority. Amen. I know we use that. Well, I don't try not to, but we use that word in prayer kind of loosely. But I decree and I declare, I decree, you know, you're not really decreeing anything. You know, you probably don't have the authority to, probably don't have authority to swat a fly sometimes, but you know what I'm saying. You just, you can declare things, you can prophesy things, amen. Decrees are made by legal authorities, like God would make a decree, or a king would make a decree, that kind of thing. Sometimes you can if you stand in an office in God and, and your words have that weight and that authority. But for the most part, you're, you're making your confession before God. So in, it's an issue by legal authority. It's an order. Amen. So the watcher watches before the throne for orders, and we do the same thing. Amen. So our watch is before the throne to observe the things of earth. Amen. Habakkuk 2.1, if you'll turn there, Habakkuk said, I will stand upon my watch, amen, and I will watch to see what the Lord will tell me and what I should answer him when I am reproved. 
So Habakkuk was observing, like we do oftentimes, a great deal of evil that was loose in the earth. In chapter 1, he talks about the uh, uh, which, which evil group of people were these. I think the Chaldeans, they were very, very treacherous people. They were evil people. Um, they were brutal people. And he sees them uh, just doing what they want to do. And, and the nation of Israel, I think, is captive. Uh, at this time and and he said you know these are people who are are evil and we're holy people why are they getting away with this and god told him he said just write the vision and make it plain upon tables so the next guy who asked me this crazy question can run with it if he needs to and the next guy and the next guy he said because that vision is going to come to pass he said if i gave it to you it's going to happen he said if it's terry's wait for it because it will happen. It will not tarry forever. And so he says, "If he said, your soul is lifted up in you. This is in verse 3, 4. He said, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. In other words, Habakkuk, you don't tell me how to run stuff, I tell you. I know what's going on. I see it all. And I'm still God. And I'm still holy. And I'm still just. Nobody's getting away with anything. And so he says... But the just shall live by his faith. In other words, you don't have to see something happen every time you get up and pray. You don't have to see it happen real fast. You've got, if you're a justified person, you have the ability to live by your faith and your faith alone. You don't need to see anything. You don't need to hear anything. You'd have to have any great shakes going on. But faith will keep you. Faith will, will sustain you. Faith will cause you to thrive much more than having immediate answers to everything you want to see all the time. You know, it's justified people know that God is going to come through. We know that God is a God of his word. We know he's going to keep his word. We know all of these things. So uh, so he says, we see by the spirit, we report to heaven. So we are the watchers on earth. The enemy has his people watching in the second heaven. Demons do inhabit and influence people down here on earth. There are many unholy governments, territories, dominions. And they keep watch over regions, cities, principalities, spheres of influences, countries. Wherever there is, uh, is one in authority, a worldly watcher is in charge. Now, they can do some good things, but they're still of this world. You want the dominion of God to come in and influence them to do things that God wants to have done. They are placed there by the God of this world. They keep guard over their assigned territory or sphere of influence. For instance, religious watchers tend to work in all religions. There, it's not like, well, I'm a Christian religious spirit. They, they can maneuver through all of them. Christianity just came, became a, a, a faith in the last 2,000 years. Religion's been around forever. Amen? Religion is ancient. And so they know how to get in and influence things. For instance, in Christianity, uh, religious spirits tend to watch people who are spiritual they will be assigned to you amen um, don't get slap happy if your church fills up because probably half of them are sent by the devil 
No. Can we grow up here? That's why when you preach real good, they start scattering. They're really not there to be converted. Come on now, trust me. Some of it's hardcore. Uh, you tell by what they say. You know, Baptist people, you ain't running me out of this church, and they bring their gun and sit up there with it on their lap and just. My daddy bought this whole pew. Huh? And they call them the fighting fundamentalists. Huh? The fighting fundies. I remember that when I was a new Christian. That's what they called it was always the non-spirit filled Christians because they fight. They didn't have no spiritual authority, so they just had to fight you. They bring their peace to, to, uh, to church. So come on, y'all. So the religious watchers, they work in all religions throughout the ages. You can see them behind the eyes of many people in churches. You have to ask God to show you, you know what I'm saying, but you get used to it and you feel them eyeballs on you and all that kind of stuff, especially if you're anointed. If you know what you're doing, you love God and you know how to function, they follow you. So why are they watching? So they can imitate what you do because they are mockers and deceivers. So they already have in mind a bunch of people that they can get under their authority. They can trick them into thinking that they know that they're spiritual people. Hmm? They know all the latest Christian jargon, all the pet phrases. Huh? I decree and I declare. Got me? Um, time for your breakthrough. Now they prophesy to people. Huh? So they watch to, to see what true prophets look like. When they prophesy and they know how to imitate what you do. They've done this for centuries, folks. This ain't new. The way you can discern them is definitely by the Holy Ghost. You know whether they're spiritual or not. But they have a form of godliness, but the power never shows up. You got me? I mean the power to heal, the power to deliver. The power to save, all of that never shows up. They have a form, but they deny the power because their flesh denies the power. It can't get through flesh. And so they're there to copy, to imitate, to see who they can deceive, and they deceive many people. Many times you'll see religious spirits kind of flock to somebody that looks immature or new or lost or confused in the congregation. Just take them under their little wing. Huh? Carry them off. So you have to watch stuff like that. You just when you you know you're in church, oh Satan, you ain't getting nothing behind you in the name. Let them go in Jesus' name. Get off of that. And, you know, keep them bound. You can stay, but it won't be comfortable. You got me. You're gonna be tied up <laughs> and gagged. So you know what I'm saying, people. Eventually, religious spirits they kind of lose interest when they see they can't make any headway if it's a place that prays and all that they can't really do it do their thing so they'll lose interest and move on to something a little easier so amen but they are on their watch they are watchers amen they're a type of watcher 
their desire is to deceive um, uh, and um, to deceive overrules their desire to serve and help. So they just can't help themselves. You know what I'm saying? They they look at people who are anointed and they don't know how that happens. And once God confuses them enough, then they lose confidence that God would ever use them. They're always, they're very covetous. Uh, They're very jealous of things. They're jealous of power. And that's why they often will resort to some form of manipulation or witchcraft to get what they want, you know. Sometimes they're big givers. That's sometimes a, a mark of of what they do. Uh, they want themselves to stand out in some way. So they'll find a way to make themselves prominent so that they can gain a foothold. Yeah. Secular watchers, people in government, news media, all levels of power because of their influence and their words. So they are secular watchers, and we have to watch them as well. These are temporal rulers. Spirits are assigned to them, and they rule under the authority of the Satan, the God of this world. Secular rulers uh, fall into several different uh, levels. They're under the European, old European system for like from, uh, I would say from the medieval times up until uh, maybe even modern times when most of the monarchies died out in Europe. The um, levels of spiritual authority um, down here on earth, like there are levels in the second heaven that influence different levels down here on earth. You know that the devil has to have an orderly system of authority so people know who they can beat up, who they can push around, who they can tell what to do. And so they they would would separate the in, into four levels called estates, E-S-T-A-T-E-S. And a state generally is a landed sphere of influence, which means that there's property that comes with it. So these uh, entities, spiritual entities in the second heaven, give property to different demonic spirits down here on earth, and they give it to whomever they want to. Oftentimes, property is inherited. We know that because of of rules of of, uh, inheritance down here on earth. So they are given to families, and they are given to um, uh, monarchies and, and, and things like that. So the first estate was always the monarchy, whoever was the king or the queen. So there was a throne that was given, and that was the first estate. So they had the highest power in any nation. So, you know, say in, in France, there were kings and queens in France until Napoleon. They, they had the French Revolution. They decided to overthrow all of the monarchs, and you'll see that happen in the kingdom of darkness. They'll get tired of a certain system of government, and they'll overthrow it and put something else in its place, and it's just as bad. You got me? And so... The reason America is different is because God set it up as one nation under God, and God moves and he rules here. It's not a straight theocracy, but he raises up and he puts down. 
And so God decided he wanted to have a sovereign nation that would obey him. And that's why this nation was born, for no other reason but that, to have a place where people could come and experience God, you know. And and anybody that comes in and tries to upset that will be put down, folks, will be put down. So God will do that. He maintains, he is a sovereign God. He maintains what he owns, and he takes care of his own. The second uh, uh, level was what they call the nobility. These were old families that had had money and land for centuries, some of the first families to come into uh, Europe formed the second estate. So the first estate was a monarchy. Second was the nobility. Third estate was, believe it or not, the clergy. Church has a lot of property in Europe, always has. So that was always the third estate. The fourth estate was the media. They have not necessarily property. The property ends with the clergy. But the media is run by the prince of the power of the air. Their influence is always print, word, verbal, whisperings, reports. And they claim that they're set up to keep the uh, top three in check. But they are known to have more power than all three of them put together. So the fourth estate can easily run things. You see that a lot now in the print media and the news media in this country. They, people would say, well, they work for the Democrats, but you can't really say that's true because they're just doing their own thing now. You understand? So they're emerging, and it's being revealed that they are a power unto themselves. They have their own agenda. They have their own uh, program that they want to do. And many times now they're giving influence for the sake of influence. used to be that they, their job when they first started was to disseminate information and let people draw their own conclusions. They're, they've crossed over now, so they don't let you draw your own conclusion. They tell you what you're supposed to believe. And if you don't believe it, they try to intimidate you, calling you a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, or you know whatever else they want to call you. And so this is what you're experiencing now because of what God is stirring up and revealing. You're seeing the evil side of the fourth estate. You're seeing the evil side of all of them. And so God wants to clean up, eradicate, and make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. So just like Nebuchadnezzar, the watcher that came down to, to declare judgment on him, is, is declared judgment on all evil on the earth now. That's why you see uh, evil dictator in Korea want to be a normal person. That don't happen by somebody just talking to them. That's a move of God, folks. You understand? That is a move of God. And they've got a lot of people, that missionaries that are oppressed over there, you know, that, that many have prayed for for a long time for that uh, persecution of the church to end over there, all of that stuff. And you're seeing a reversal in the dominion of darkness now and coming over into the kingdom of light. If you know how to watch. 
you got to know how to sit in the throne in the presence of God and watch and see as he sees, not as others tell you you're supposed to see. Amen. So you have to see as God sees. So we watch to maintain, they watch to maintain control over men, regions, countries, and the affairs of men. We watch them to keep, <laughs> to keep, eliminate their evil rule. Amen. That's what we watch them for. Example. In watching, you know, people watched over uh, the deterioration of the family and of schools in the training and teaching of our young people. Now we have perverted sex education in elementary school, transgender sharing bathrooms, recruiting of a homosexual lifestyle, drag queens reading to elementary students, and children are less and less prepared academically, and that is on purpose. The schools are not to teach your children anymore. They are to indoctrinate them. These schools now are a social experiment. Amen? Now, they tried to put it in the military so that from the time they're small till the time they get, they're just indoctrinated that all perversion is good. There's no, there's nothing wrong anywhere. You got to accept everybody. If you don't, we call you a name, huh? And so when, when we see that kind of stuff going, God has to come in and put a stop to that. He really does. He has to put a stop to it. And so you're seeing a reversal of a lot of these laws that have come into effect. But I would say this, uh, keep up with your kids better. One of, one of the ways the enemy got into families was, was through both parents working. So, you know, you got to, oh, all of a sudden all these daycare centers pop up. You don't think that's by design? If it was just a free market situation, people wouldn't have so many daycare centers. But all of a sudden you see a whole bunch of them. And you can get government assistance. You can get vouchers. You can get all this and all that. And what do they want? They want to recruit the young so that they can indoctrinate them. And they've got, the devil's got all kinds of willing subjects forever. Amen. But not. Amen. God's not going to let it happen. As long as we got breath to pray, we're going to pray. As long as there's a God in heaven and we can sit at his feet, we're going to sit there and watch what he tells us to watch and declare what he tells us to declare. And make sure that this remains one nation under God and that our influence influences the whole world so that there's liberty and freedom for all people. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the knowledge that you've given us today. We honor you. We love you. We bless you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray with y'all. Gotta pray with y'all.